0: This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com.
1: To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown!
0: Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Slammed to the ground by Baker. like
2: a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor, to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown!
0: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by arizona cardinals podcast visit azcardinals.com slash podcast here we go
3: one-handed catch and a touchdown
0: oh baby how's that feel here's craig grialu paul calvisi and 13-year nfl veteran drew stanton well gentlemen
2: it is almost over The offseason, that is. Training camp is next week. In fact, this time next Tuesday, players will report to State Farm Stadium. So the final week of freedom, if you will, Paul Calvisi fresh off vacation, Drew Stanton fresh off the baseball diamond. This is it, gentlemen. Anything that you have to do that is non-football related, you do it this
1: week because, Paul, beginning
2: Tuesday, there is nothing but football until,
1: hopefully, February. And yeah, when you said it's almost over, I thought I was still on vacation for a minute. You know, as of three hours ago, I had a stellar mustache going two and a half weeks worth. I mean, I needed a spot in like a major league bullpen and pitch the seventh inning with a mustache like that. But <laughs> it has all come to a screeching halt. And you guys think normally I'm a step behind you. I'm really rusty right now. It's going to be sad and remedial here today. I'm just going to try and keep up.
2: And thankfully for uh, all of us, Drew, the mustache is not visible here on this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. And we know that, Drew, this is, this is might be a little bit difficult for you for the next next hour because the voice is not quite all the way there, but I appreciate you pushing through.
3: Yeah, my voice is somewhere in Mesa I think, <laughs> or uh, in some back of some 8, 910 year old kid's mind right now. In the third base yeah. coaching box. Um, right. But no it is. It's a different mindset, right? You, as you alluded to you get all of the things out of the way because at this point, this is your profession. This is your job. You go to training camp and you you know, have to set aside some of these other things. Football becomes the priority for the most part. You have to be able to withdraw you have to be able to do these things but everybody's got to come together because every year is so different and how this team is shaped and molded begins next week and what this team becomes begins next week
2: for you this time when you were playing did you dread it you had enough of the family, it was time to go, kind of put that mindset into the football mode. How did you feel a week out from training camp?
3: Is my wife listening right now? Let me text her real fast. (laughs) No, uh, for me, right, uh, as I found a good routine, when you're lucky enough to play um, for as long as I was fortunate enough to be able to go to training camps and do all these things and and you grow, and and every year is different, but you adapt, you adjust, you learn, uh, we got into a really nice family routine. Um, you, You can't get too far away away from training or throwing or doing that uh, I was lucky to go to San Diego I mean it's a direct drive right over there and Carson had shop set up there and, and guys would come in fly in work out with them throw with them everything was set up there so I was spoiled because the starting quarterback took such good care of me that I could work out in the morning we could do everything we needed to do I would I would lift on my own but then we would go throw as a group and I'd be on the beach hanging out with my family in the afternoon so you find ways to to really maximize your time because you know it's dwindling it's it's only going to last for so long and then right now you kind of get away from football too is is your everything you've done uh has prepared yourself to really maximize and peak for when the time comes and, and again with the training staff they have here everything is in place with buddy morris guys know what they need to do to be in peak physical form hopefully the mental part you know you kind of ease along throughout the course of the different phases of the off season. so everything should be maximized at this point you hit the ground running and really it's about doing everything you can uh, as a team for the duration of that day to get that much better. It's it's a small steps you want to systematically take to to being able to play your best football when the first week comes. And then once camp starts, agree, everyone wants to be the quarterback. Come
1: on now, right? Everyone wants to be the quarterback. Can't get hit during camp or the kicker or the punter or the long snapper. Of course, nobody wants to be that guy on game day because all the pressure is on those positions but during training camp yes everyone covets those guys right speaking
2: of the quarterback and the quarterback position some good news here off the top and no it's not concerning kyler murray specifically i.e contract but i'm sure paul kyler is happier today than he was yesterday at least i know i am rodney hudson reportedly is going to play this season. And before we get your thoughts on that, here is the man who broke the news, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport.
0: For the Arizona Cardinals, Rodney Hudson, their standout, one of their linchpins on the offensive line, their veteran center, has informed the team that he is expected to play in 2022. This was also no short thing. He was not there at mandatory minicamp. His status for the season was certainly murky. He has informed the team that he is ready to go and will be playing for them.
2: An unexcused absence from mandatory minicamp. And then all of a sudden there are questions. And for me, Paul, it was the biggest question going into training camp. What do you do at that center position? Well
1: apparently we've got our answer and it's a good one yeah. hudson is going to play yeah that checks a big box big big box there's no doubt about it last we left you last month at least me we were talking about how maybe hbo's hard knocks picked the wrong half of the season to document with all the drama that might be coming up the first half of the season the first half was telling the second half hold my beer when you're looking at some of these storylines so that checks a big box now do we have an answer as to what precipitated uh, the unauthorized uh, absence? Was it a veteran just wanting to miss the offseason? Was it a guy whose cap number went from about 3 to over 12 million per year? Was there some business involved? Was he using the only leverage he had, perhaps threatening retirement? We have no idea. Maybe he saw Justin Pugh, who decided to retire and then got a deal and came back. Maybe there was some of that going on. Or the fact he's a brand new dad. Maybe all of the above, I don't know. But Who cares at this point? Rodney Hudson is back.
2: The most important position on that offensive line when you have a Rodney Hudson, uh, Drew, because it's not just who's snapping the ball. It's the interior protection for a smaller quarterback and then the guy who's making the line calls and the checks. And given that Young quarterback, another set of eyes to kind of see what the defense might be throwing at him.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I think we all jump to conclusions, and that's what you do in this world, is we try to find reasons or pick everything apart, and our first mindset is, well, he wants more money, right? (laughs) And who knows? I mean, that could be the case, but at the same time, it could be any of those number of reasons that Paul alluded to just having him back is what matters most to this locker room, to this organization, to this fan base, right? Because we saw what a detriment it was when he was not there the year before. You insert a Pro Bowl caliber of player, to your point, and he makes everybody better. And I think the teams that have really good centers, you see them year in and year out, they're always in the picture because those guys are the linchpin of the entire offense. Everything starts with them. Yes, the quarterback is the centerpiece, but if the quarterback's not comfortable, it's usually because the offensive line in the center is not comfortable. And so, for me getting Rodney back into the picture and whatever it is you know he missed some time with injuries last year if that's what it is it's about body management they can do all those things here you know the sports science department being able to open community communicate with Cliff on those things he knows the offense now you just gotta get them to week one. That's the mindset for some of these guys because the mental part of this is as draining as anything else, as the lead-in that you were talking about, right? Your mind has to be in it. Tom Brady alluded to it. Your mind has to be in it because this is an absolute grind for 17 weeks. And for those guys that play it at a high level for a long period of time, the latter part of your career, do you want to go to that mental state? Do you want to go through that mental state to make yourself prepared to play every week? Because I promise you, Rodney Hudson was probably hurt before he had to sit out and after he came out, right? Everybody gets hurt in this business, especially at that position. Can you push through those little aches and pains or bumps and bruises, and can you discern whether or not you're actually helping your team when you go out and step on the field? So he could have been working through all of those numbers of things, but just the fact he's back in the building is anything that is all we need to focus on right now.
2: 9-3 with, 2-3 and three without. Mm. Hudson on the football field, Paul. And that is big, especially when you've got a quarterback that is your franchise and that interior pressure up the middle. Now, whether we get to know from Rodney Hudson or whomever what was happening this offseason, is it a big deal? Maybe, maybe not. But if he is, to Drew's point, if he's there week one, then he is
1: all in. You have to think that. I mean, you just can't replace the experience alone. He's seen every defensive front that has ever been drawn up. Every single exotic blitz scheme he's able to recognize. How many anecdotal... Uh, stories did we hear last season of, you know what, Ronnie Hudson picked up on this and made a check of the line and it resulted in that. A big chunk player, even a touchdown. We heard that right away, beyond just how stout he is at the point of attack, especially when he's healthy. Think about week one. It's never too early to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Jones, their Pro Bowl defensive tackle, who plays inside all the time. He could be an absolute wrecking ball. And what is the worst thing for Kyler Murray? Dare I say any quarterback, Drew? Interior pressure, straight up the middle, right in your face. And so, yeah, even Justin Pugh, when you heard Justin Pugh talk about making the transition in the offseason, just during the OTAs and the minicamp and the respect with which he had Rodney Hudson and just able to make those calls, I mean, I think we all agree, Justin Pugh in a decade in the league has seen virtually everything, and he's a highly intelligent guy on and off the field. And for him to say, man, it's quite a challenge playing the position, you feel a lot better right now, Rodney Hudson has returned.
2: This team is better today than it was yesterday with Rodney Hudson at least no we doubt. hope that is going to be happening week one now how big of a deal is this let's take you back in the middle of last season Cliff Kingsbury asked about his starting center
0: Rodney's been huge for
3: us when you look at the games that he's played in we, we played really uh, well offensively and, and he's the security blanket for all of us really the coaching staff and the O-line the skill position players I mean he, he's kind of the glue that's made it all stick together
2: Remember, Drew, how excited Cardinals fans were when Hudson was acquired and all of a sudden you shored up a position that was not a position of strength going in as far as looking at that offensive line. And that entire line now, from left to right, all veterans on that offensive line. Now, there are some questions as far as what happens next year and the years moving forward, but for this season and everything pointing towards this year as far as starting fast, finishing faster – they need Rodney Hudson on the football field.
3: There's no doubt. You know, you, you can plan for the future. You have to live in the present. And I think knowing that, putting that at ease, is a tremendous thing to have behind you. And from a quarterback standpoint, again, he's taking so much off of Kyler's plate to be able to go up there to do a lot of things and just being on the same page, having a guy that's comfortable. Um, as Paul was alluding to, like he's seen everything. He understands everything. He understands the structure of where guys are going before they're there. So that's such a huge advantage for Kyler to be able to have in his hip pocket. You know, we can put this to rest now. We we'll probably will never know the answer from Rodney since he barely talks anyway. <laughs> so that's great. That's what you want from your offensive line. And I think having veteran guys that can gel, get together, I, I'm not too concerned about him missing the offseason stuff, especially having a newborn. He's seen so much football. He knows what it takes to get in shape personally. And, and you can do that throughout the course of this entire training camp. We've seen that. So there's a lot of different ways that we can go about this, shape this, understand it, but just simply having him back in the building, having him back in the mix um, is going to be huge for this offense because He controls the tempo of everything, and this is a tempo style of offense. Being able to do that, get guys on the same page, keep everybody on schedule, uh, it all starts right up front.
2: The only reason this really became an issue, Paul, at least to me, is when the head coach asked about the absence says it's unexcused. Very easily could have just said, "Yeah, we're letting him take care of some things," like they did with Chandler Jones the off-season prior was not during or was not present during mandatory minicamp, but unexcused. Then all of a sudden, all doors are open. You're like, "Wait
1: a second, what's going on?" It didn't instill a lot of optimism. We came out of that press conference, everyone looked at each other, we weren't exactly bullish on the imminent return of Rodney Hudson. So, honestly, this was a surprise to find it out maybe this quick. You were wondering whether it was going to be some sort of training camp holdout, or dare we use the R word, retirement. And so, were they going to have to go and find a J.C. Treader, someone on the open market, and then that would take up more cap room. And then, look, in the preseason, you're not going to get a test. Let's say it would have been Justin Pugh. You're just seen vanilla defenses. Right, Drew? You you won't find out until week one, and then all of a sudden your first three opponents, they'll be dialing it up for the sake of dialing it up just to test your your center and whether he can recognize who's the mic and what's coming, when, and how.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, each, each position is its own entity, right? Across the board offensive line-wise, and to Justin Pugh's point, it's completely different of having to snap the ball, have somebody two inches from your face, and then be able to try and get your hands on them, do all this stuff. And with the t- level of talent they're going against you feel much more comfortable having Rodney Hudson in there, a guy with that much experience, because you're mixing and matching guys. You're getting some guy off the street because you kind of get caught with your pants down a little bit saying, wait, Rodney's not coming back? What are we going to do? How do you make this work? Because nobody's out there. So, it is extremely difficult, and and I'm sure us as a fan base is very happy about it. Those guys in the locker room are probably doing backflips, knowing that that's the case. Or some of these offensive linemen are like, man, thank God, I don't have to play center. You know, Justin Pugh, as good as he is, as versatile as, as he is, center is a different animal. Just
1: the center snap alone, the shotgun snap, how often Kyler is in the gun, and think of when when Rodney Hudson wasn't in there and we all took it for granted. Just an absolute shotgun snap and how often did a Max Garcia or maybe a Sean Harlow and that ball's hitting the ground, it's high, it's low, it's throwing Kyler out of rhythm and his drop. Think about that. I mean, I used to ask A.Q. Shipley after some of those games and you guys would run the gun a lot. Are you icing your right arm like a pitcher? Because you know, there's just... And you take it for granted. It's sort of like a good long snapper. You don't miss it until you don't have one. Exactly. It is good news that Rodney Hudson is going
2: to be on the football field this season. And we hope that means good news for this offense and the team overall. When we come back, yeah, we live in the present. But also looking towards the future. Some of those rookies to keep an eye on as we inch closer and closer to training camp. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
0: Here we go. Here we go. Ain't getting this ball. Damn, I got a bug in my ear. You just got to tighten it down on that. On follow if you're number three, just because you got to get over there. Let's go. Give me that ball. Living the dream. Look at this thing, man. There's palm trees. Football paradise. That's right. Come on. We got to catch that, man. Catch the ball. All day. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. Hey, good job today, man. High energy. Keep it up, man. Keep rolling. Team on three. One, two, three.
2: The voice of Cardinals rookie tight end Trey McBride, the 55th overall selection in last April's NFL draft. Yeah, a lot of eyes will be on the tight end and this entire eight-man draft class as we get closer and closer to training camp, which opens one week from today as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek get your seats in a seat Craig Rioli, Drew Stanton and Paul Calvisi and let's start right there Drew as far as this rookie class no first round draft pick if you want to include Hollywood Brown in that draft class I'm right there with you. you give up your first round pick for a star wide receiver but looking at this draft class overall as far as rookies to come in right away Week one, not easy, as we've seen over the last couple of years with Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. But this rookie draft class, lot to choose from on offense and defense. Who do you have your eye on or hope materializes here enough to make an impression to say, all right, we can play you
3: week one? Well, I think you try and just kind of spoon feed them is what I would do with the guys that you kind of see throughout training camp is you give them a package you give them the opportunity to get out there and kind of get their feet wet a little bit you don't want to throw too much at them you throw a bunch of them in training camp you see what sticks and then from that point you kind of peel back the layers you put them in, in packages I mean somebody like Trey McBride you can limit his exposure to what's going on to make him feel comfortable or maybe you can handle more and, and it progresses each week but the tight end position is so versatile especially when you are the top tight end drafted when you are a second-round pick, there's a lot to be expected of you. Uh, you look at these outside linebackers, pass rushers, you put them in situations where they don't have to think, they just go react. And, and much like you know the running back position, you get the ball in their hands, you see what they can do. So it's always a work in progress. You're always seeing how you can fill gaps or plug holes or do whatever you need to do. But I would start out situationally a lot with these guys and see where it progresses. I mean, maybe even somebody like Christian Matthew surprises you in the inside a corner, like we were talking about last week. Like, you've got to find out where they go, and you only get so many snaps to do that. Maybe even how they can contribute on special teams. Like, all of this is going to determine how you can make the final 53. And, you know, some guys are certain to make it, like Trey McBride, but other guys are fighting for their life each time they step out on the field because our tape is our resume, and what you put on tape matters so much. But these young guys, you know, you also have to be cognizant they've been through a grind, they've had to go through all this different stuff. Now, All the preparation they've been through has brought them to this point. What can they do to put as good a film out there as they can?
2: When you talk about need... I'm looking at the outside linebackers, specifically Cameron Thomas and my Jay Sanders. Can they, Paul, not the first week of training camp, but when the pads are put on, can they make an impression? Can they make much of a difference going up against a DJ Humphreys, a Kelvin Beecham and say, all right, yeah, we might need you. We definitely don't have Chandler Jones. So who is
1: rushing the quarterback? And you can get a sense early. It's one of those position groups where, you know what, at least in the one-on-one, how do they look? against a legitimate starting left tackle in the league. Okay, are are they holding their own? Are they getting dominated? Are they getting pulled? I mean, so you can get a sense, like, for example, of my Jay Sanders, how stout is he? Could he have the ability to set the edge from the get-go? Cameron Thomas, how athletic is he, really? Can he truly be that guy to use some pass rush moves on the edge when he played so much interior at San Diego State? But to Drew's point, there are a few positions where, you know what, it can be plug and play out of the draft. Quarterback is not one of them. But if you look at a running back, here you go. You just find the open hole and let it rip. Whether it's at corner, especially in a man scheme, guess what? There's your guy. Check your man. And then there's edge rusher, especially a situational pass rusher, second and long, third and long. Here you go. Just beat the edge. Just beat that, that left or right tackle. So, And to me, if you're asking which guys do I have my eyes on, it would be those edge rushers, the Cameron Thomas and my Jay Sanders. Because if this league is all about the quarterback one, And then 1A, getting to the quarterback. That, to me, is still the biggest question for this team, especially now with the return of Rodney Hudson. Yeah, we can have that argument about the inside linebackers in the corner. You know what? You can play some zone coverages, and you can mask the depth in the cornerback room. That's not a problem, at least not to the caliber of that edge rusher. Can you get to the quarterback? Can these rookies contribute? You've got
2: Marcus Golden, Devon Kennard, Dennis Gardek, but Kennard hasn't done it in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. Gardeck flashed that one season. Was it just a flash in the pan, or is it something that this Cardinals team can count on? But you do need to find someone. It was not a position addressed in free agency, Drew, so you're looking at Thomas and Sanders, two young players. It's a lot of pressure to put on them, but hey, sink or swim, right? This is the National Football League. I mean, there's not a lot of patience, especially when you're talking about rookies.
3: Well, and to Paul's point, you can see that in one-on-ones. You can see, okay, is this guy slippery? Does he run the hump? What does he do as a pass rusher? Because that's instinctual. That's something you can plug and play right away. Guys that we mentioned earlier, you know, the Devon Kennards of the world, Marcus Golden, they're going to be strong in the run game, right? There, there's a mix and match that can go on. There's the Zayvon Collins of the world, the Isaiah Simmons. You can create packages where you try and get blitz packages and pressures and do all of these different things where you can plug and play guys. Does it make the entire front stronger, better? Can they hold up against the run? You know, is that somebody's strong suit that's maybe down the line of, of a, you know, a Jesse Lakeda guy? Like, what does that look like? But hopefully those upper echelon guys that you drafted uh, that have draft capital in them, they can get after the quarterback. Dennis Gardeck did it in a small sample size. He's going to get more exposure. Just by sheer numbers alone, these guys are going to get opportunities. Who can make the most of them? Who can get after the quarterback? Because that's the name of the game, right? We talked about, like about being worried about where these corners are who we have or how we can mix it all in the easiest way to alleviate the, that pressure on the corners is get after the quarterback make him uncomfortable make the ball come out of his hands do all that stuff so you've got to find a way to manufacture it somehow
1: and look to that point, everyone cites 2020. Chandler Jones went down Week Five of the New York Jets, an empty stadium because of the pandemic, and you could hear, you could just hear the sideline and the disappointment echoing throughout that stadium when there's Chandler Jones with a season-ending injury. And everyone cites how the Cardinals still ended up top five in sacks, both sacks and sack percentage, and that was outstanding. And there's no doubt Vance Joseph and his scheme, he did a lot in that department. But the Cardinals also had a Hassan Reddick who had 12 and a half sacks and a Dennis Gardeck who out of nowhere had seven sacks and 93 defensive snaps, plus about a dozen pressures. So he was off the chain when he came in, and no one expected Dennis Gardeck to have that sort of production. So can the Cardinals replicate that minus a Chandler Jones? And how risky is that if you're always forced to manufacture a pass rush? An immediate need
2: as far as edge rusher. Now, you look at this draft class as far as projecting into the future, and specifically the two offensive linemen, two guards, Lasita Smith and Marquise Hayes. While Quentin Harris, VP of player personnel, actually has his eye on Smith, the Cardinals' guts on day three.
1: I really like uh, Lasita Smith, our guard we took out of Virginia Tech. This guy is athletic. Uh, he's an excellent puller. He's tough. He's physical. And a lot of times, you know, you watch NFL linemen and you're like, eh, he's tough, he's strong, but he's slow-footed. This guy is everything. We, he was a steal, in my opinion, for us.
2: This is Quentin Harris on a recent edition of the Day Pash Podcast. Smith, six-three, three-fourteen, 314, by the sixth-round selection. Day three offensive lineman. Typically, if you're going to start immediately, it's a first-round offensive lineman. But, look... When the pads come on, Drew, now all of a sudden, how you got on the football field, free agency, draft it doesn't matter. Can
3: you, in this case, block the guy that's trying to get after the quarterback? Exactly. And that's the mindset. I mean, it doesn't matter how you got here now. If you're 1-90, you're going out trying to get a job. There's only so many jobs, and and that film, again, is so imperative for a guy like that. He's going to get so much stuff put on tape of one-on-ones, how he can play. You know, And the beauty of having that, right, is you talked about the five different veterans they have right now, quote-unquote, as starters, right? So you bring them along, and you help these young guys grow and do that. When you have Rodney Hudson at center and you have either Calvin Beecham or DJ Humphreys at the tackle the center is just kind of uh, an extension of those guys if they're on the same page and you kind of have mentally your mind put at ease and these guys are just being told okay you know be able to stay here do that communicate these guys can play to their natural ability level and if he is that big of a steal you know, as Q was talking about then it gives them the freedom to say yeah you know what we're going to take our lumps maybe a little bit early in the in the season but physically this guy gives us the best opportunity to protect our franchise quarterback you write him out I don't care if he's an undrafted free agent at this point you're on this roster and you're on this roster for a reason go get a job.
2: Yeah keep in mind Hudson is the only starting or projected starting offensive lineman Paul that is under contract beyond this season that's why offensive linemen all of a sudden becomes that much bigger moving past 2022
1: and then Lucita Smith you're talking about a former college tight end he has the feet and he really fits the scheme well if you listen to Sean Kugler. he's able to get out on the move he's very smart they have him already taking reps at center just in case maybe in the future and what's intriguing is you know some of the reports say that he was better as a pass blocker than a run blocker but you talk to him like we did he said oh no run blocking is my forte And he said, I play with an attitude. So he brings some nasty to it as well. Very intrigued to see how he holds up. And he fully admits, when he lines up against 99 in the one-on-one drills about two weeks from now, (laughs) that's going to be a welcome to the NFL moment for Lucita Smith. Eight players drafted.
2: Handful of undrafted players. I'm going to throw out one name to keep an eye on just because of the potential need at defensive line, specifically interior defensive line. Manny Jones out of Colorado State teammates with Trey McBride but one of those undrafted players that potentially could make some noise in training camp and we've seen Paul this team does take those undrafted free agents and they make the
1: 53 yeah hey, Dennis Gardeck, Zeke Turner I mean Tony Jefferson Jerron Brown we don't have enough time to go through all the undrafted free agents who have made an impact on this team over the years
2: Arizona Cardinals season tickets are available now visit azcardinals.com season for more information We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seats. We continue counting it down. Training camp coming up next week. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Trent
1: Shurfield.
0: Let's start that off as Bruce Arians. That's what I'm talking about, Daddy Murray and shotgun snapped a collar the a tiny little short set. See how I did that? Short set, little bit. Now throwing deep far side and it's pulled in at the five yard line. All right. hold <laughs> on. I got to grab myself a crown royal here. I have a little sippy dippy. <laughs> little sippy dippy, Daddy.
2: Right. Oopsie doo dipperoo. Finish the call as Jack Nicholson. AJ Green, just too strong. Too big
0: too athletic
2: (laughs) do Tracy Morgan
0: oh what a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball say it as Morgan Freeman what a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball you've got a scarecrow on a stick (laughs) put it out there let him go get it that's exactly what AJ Green did can you do
2: it as Liam Neeson
0: what a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball you've got a scarecrow on a stick (laughs) put it out there let him go get it. <laughs>
1: That's
0: exactly what A.J. Green did.
2: It is the gift that just keeps on giving. Frank Caliendo on the Day Ash podcast, the scarecrow on a stick. It's not quite certain, really, what Ron Wolfley yeah. was trying to. I'll say this. Paul Wolf is very descriptive
1: in his metaphors. Descriptive, yes. Now, popular in the locker room, not so much. Most guys despise the nicknames that Wolf uh, puts on them, but uh, that notwithstanding. The Tracy Morgan there is underrated. I enjoyed the Tracy Morgan. And then, Drew, as someone who played for Bruce Arians, did Bruce Arians ever really use the word sippy-dippy Did, he, did you know, I uh, around
3: cocktail hour? I, I, I have never heard that, but you know what? It enhances the story for sure. We, uh, I think we're uh, recycling some content, so we can't wait for next week, huh? Next week can't come soon enough around here, almost. (laughs) Training camp one week from
2: today. Players report to State Farm Stadium, but there is a reason that we go into the archives and pull that one out. A.J. Green is back for year two and we always talk about rookies making that jump from year one to year two but how about Drew players within the same system whether it's offense or defense and specifically here with A.J. Green wide receiver in the same system for a second year Green did not finish the season in his own words by the way did not finish last season how he had wanted to there were a lot of people ready to move on from A.J. Green but I like what he offers as far as his size
3: and his experience plus a year two in this system exactly I think you look at a guy like that uh, a veteran that's played at extremely high level for a long period of time he can take an honest assessment of where things went awry and you can see some of that and a lot of it does come down to communication communication is the, of the utmost importance that's why crowd noise plays an effect that's why you know guys being on the same page and signal it. and this offense in particular is so important of guys have unwritten rules guys have different things they have to do and be in tune and sometimes in the moment you miss that opportunity but when the opportunity comes again I'm confident a guy like AJ green will be prepared for it he takes too much pride in what he does how he goes about doing what he does and, and just getting that second year you're hearing this information again and again and and really not just him it's everybody you know you, another year in any offense and, and you build on that you expand from that and, and you really take ownership of that from the quarterback position you know that's what we're hoping for for Kyler of like the concepts that he's comfortable with you look at Colt McCoy he's another year on this offense so he can be another second board. A guy like AJ Green, I like these kind of concepts. He understands coverage. He's seen so much. How he can do stuff, adjust and adapt on the fly, and how it can all work together for the greater good of this offense is going to be so important. Even Zach Ertz, you know, he got here mid-season. So guys that are, are constantly talking and communicating, that's the beauty of this training camp. You go off into the hotel, you talk about it, it's on your brain constantly. You're tweaking things, you're adjusting, you're adapting, you're coming up with new signals, you're doing all of these things that you can adapt that becomes second nature on the fly. So some of these things that might have cost them football games last year that we might not even truly understand get nipped in the butt before they come of a bigger issue.
2: James Conner, another one. Even though he had an outstanding season a year ago, how much better efficient can he be in a year or two in this system? But we're going to... I thought it was a great interview, Paul, that you had with AJ Green back in April on the Big Red Rage. And before we get to that, just the honesty and being able to kind of take a step back sometimes. And we all flash back to the game in Green Bay against the Green Bay Packers, that final snap of the football. And I don't know if AJ Green was ever able to live that down, at least amongst the fan base. But then
1: several months later, being able to go, all right, yeah, I can do some things differently and better you know he was so frank he was so honest i asked him at one point off the top of the interview how much do you feel like you left out there last season overall and he said a lot he said it's got to be better i got to be better he said at the same time though right and he has that confidence of a guy who's been there and done that a guy who made the pro bowl his first seven years in the league So he mentioned during the course of that interview, a lot of people didn't expect me to do well in this offense. And in my mind, I should have been a thousand yard receiver. That's on me. Once again, I got to be better. That's A.J. Green. He also said twice that he had other offers, that he decided to stay with the Arizona Cardinals. Other teams did make offers. So whether that's because he likes the organization, doesn't want to change offenses, or I got a sense that he feels like he left. He did indeed leave something out there last year. He wants to come back this year and prove it to everyone, especially the absence of DeAndre Hopkins to start. I will look for A.J. Green to have a robust start to this season. It was the April
2: 21st edition of the Big Red Rage. Here's Paul and A.J. Green talking
1: specifically the communication between quarterback and wide receiver man, it just seemed at times that Kyler and AJ weren't quite on the same page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fair?
0: Unfair? No, that's fair. That's 100% fair. And I I felt the same way. Um, So that's where me got to be accountable, going to him and telling him what I see and what he needs me to do better. I can take it like, AJ, you need to run this route at this depth. You need to do this. You know, I'm no bigger than the team. I need him to communicate with me. And I'll do the same.
1: Where do you think in terms of Kyler and his upside, just as a quarterback, what do you see the, in the future for him?
0: Man, he's an MVP caliber guy, man. Um, I think the injury threw him off a little bit. But if you look at the first couple games, man, he was playing at an MVP level. And for me, it just got to continue helping him, bringing him along. And I mean, he's not a guy that's going to be in your face, but we got to make him be in his face because this is his team.
2: We always talk about reps between quarterback and the pass catchers, but you also, to Green's point there, Drew, the communication. What do you like? What can I do better? Hey, you know what? I know you like to throw it this way, but for me, I prefer it over this shoulder. And I don't know how much that was happening a lot last season. At least A.J. Green made it seem like there was... Not enough of that happening.
3: Well, if we think back too, he missed time in training camp, right? Didn't AJ miss some time with a hamstring? I mean, yeah. yep. So all of those things, right? Every rep is so valuable. Of guys coming out at different depths, again, each route is so important of how it marries into the bigger picture of that actual concept versus that actual coverage, and, and you might not get that very often, right? That you get to really hash those things out. So getting all of that on tape last year, being able to talk through it in the off season, you know, getting them in the building together. Um, fully healthy, working on stuff, working on stuff to the side, working on stuff and routes on air. All of these individual things that can then carry over and build upon that is going to be crucial because there are different things. He's a long stride kind of a guy. He can do a lot of things for you, but then it also is going to be having the onus on Kyler to say this is how I want it. It has to be done this way because the margin of air is so small. The window is only so big. It's only going to stay open for so long. The ball has to be on this shoulder or this point or you know what? You're running this out, this out route. I'm throwing it you know, 10 yards to the sideline. Get there for me. So it's got to be a two-way street of communication and, and there's a lot to, to be able to overcome within that. But there's reason for optimism and there's a reason why AJ wanted to come back and be a part of this. So Drew, as a longtime quarterback
1: in the NFL, when AJ Green says about Kyler, he's not a guy who's going to be in your face. We
3: need to make him be in your face. It's his team. Is that realistic? Is that feasible? You know what? I, I think that He's got to be his own person, and Kyler's very comfortable in his own skin. Now, leadership can look many different ways. It can manifest itself and build upon that, but you've got to be pressing the envelope, and that only comes by knowing yourself. It can't be fake. It cannot be one of these things where you start hooting and hollering, and all of a sudden these guys are looking at you like, this this isn't who he is. But you can hold people accountable. That can be done. There's some foundational pieces to leadership that need to be there. I mean, you talk about the different leaders that everybody's seen within this organization. Guys like Carlos Dansby, he was vocal. He was out in front. He got guys motivated. Guys like Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, they led by the way they operated, the way they did stuff. They weren't going to get in, you know, in people's face. But when they spoke, people listened because they had earned the respect of their teammates. A lot of it comes down to respect. It comes down to trust. It comes down to being able to know exactly, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you are the leader and that when you talk, it carries weight. And Kyler's earned that. He's done that on the field. Uh, you know, In the locker room, he's got to be able to take that step forward. But it can't be one of these things that's outside of his own comfort zone. That was such a big talking point last year of going into the season. And Kyler even talked about a little bit, I've got to be more vocal. I've got to do this. There's ways to do it within who you are that is then portrayed the correct way as opposed to sitting there and just trying to like yell in somebody's face and say, you know, like that. there's so many different ways to go about doing it. Kyler just needs to figure out the most effective. And sometimes it's a person-to-person basis of knowing your teammates uh, and being around those guys that you can really get the most out of them. How can you help everybody around you play to their capability? Because we know what A.J. Green's capable of. How can you as a quarterback get those 10 other guys in the huddle with you to be as good as they can be? And for the record, when I asked A.J. Green
1: what happened at the end of last season, 7-0, 10-2, what happened? How do you diagnose the problem? He said it was more of a team-wide leadership tailed off a little bit was his direct quote. And he cited, maybe we need to hone in on the details a little bit. And we've heard that from a number of guys now, Craig, have we not? That maybe at 10-2 and the team relaxed just a little bit, just enough to get you beat because these games in the NFL inevitably come down to a field goal or a touchdown most of the time. Puda Baker, yep, mentioned the team probably maybe gotten a little comfortable. Yep, too comfortable after starting
2: 10-2. and So that needs to be addressed and corrected moving ahead this season. Arizona Cardinals single game tickets available now. Go to Cardinals.com slash tickets for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. the 1, 11.34 to go in the half, 7-0 Cardinals for now. Lance in the pistol, Mitchell behind him. Now Lance comes under center, takes the snap, rolls to the right. Lance running, being chased by Chandler Jones. Lance hit at the goal line, and he did not get in. Oh, what a hit by Isaiah Simmons. A huge collision at the goal line. Bodies are everywhere,
0: but the 49ers aren't in the end zone. The Cardinals take over on downs again. Sometimes you're the pinata and sometimes you're the stick. And I believe right now Trey Lance is leaking candy from his shoulder pads.
2: By the way, even with the windows closed in the press box at State Farm Stadium, Paul, you're down on the sidelines, so you obviously can hear it and feel it, but I even I could hear that collision at the oh. goal line that
1: saved a touchdown, one of those many fourth-down stops against the 49ers. There are certain collisions, and Drew will back me up on this, I hope, that register on the Richter scale. You can feel them. You know, Even when I have the headphones on and it's cranked up and the crowd, the Red Sea, and you can't hear anything, you can feel Feel a collision like that right before the pylon where Isaiah Simmons and Tanner Vallejo came over and a young Trey Lance found out the hard way. You're not just going to physical your way in for six.
2: They stopped the 49ers, what, four or five times on fourth down, in which Vance Joseph said, yeah, I love fourth down because I've got more plays to counter your one play. Yeah, And it certainly added up to a victory for the Cardinals on that day. All right, why are we talking about Isaiah Simmons? Well, we've been talking about Isaiah Simmons all offseason. He and Zayvon Collins the next step for those two young inside linebackers. But might they be the beneficiary, Drew, of some help? A lot's going to be asked about those two young guys. A lot of eyes are going to be on them once practices are open to the media or to the public at State Farm Stadium. But perhaps could you see an addition to the defensive line to kind of keep those offensive linemen Blockers off of your young inside linebackers.
3: It's very feasible, and it needs to be done. These savvy veteran defensive linemen that get away with holding or being able to take up two guys or anything, these guys need space, and space is their friend, and it's the enemy of an offensive lineman. And so, being able to give them space to read, react, shoot gaps, play you know sideline and sideline. Both of these guys were drafted because of their athleticism, especially Isaiah. I mean, they got he is so tremendously talented going into his third year trying to give him as much space as possible and take the pressure off him so that you don't have offensive linemen coming up, getting into that second level to get hands on them is going to be huge because we want to start big plays before they happen. And in this division, you see these zone-blocking schemes and them being able to push to that next level. What can you do as a defensive lineman? And that's where, again, it's going to take the unit as a collective whole to get a veteran type of guy that can take that pressure off in the run game, that they can shoot gaps or unblitzing of making sure he's hitting the right gap, bringing two offensive linemen with them, getting the right shoulder. There's so much technique that goes on in the interior, and it happens so fast that sometimes with our naked eye, we miss it. But when you go back and break it down, these guys and freeing them up to be the athletic freaks that they are, that they were drafted to be, is what we need to do defensively to allow them to play that great on the second level, and then it makes everybody else better on the back end.
2: You're not the only one who thinks that potentially a defensive lineman may be in that interior D-line, something that this team might be able to add here before week one Rob Fredrickson on the Big Red Rage on why he would add a defensive tackle
0: I wouldn't be surprised if we're starting to time time looking at some defensive tackle help the more you can keep those offensive linemen off of
3: those linebackers and allow them to be free runners and use their athleticism you know that 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 is what a, a great defense really needs you know Tony Saragusa, rest in peace. Um, what he did for Ray Lewis and that, that Baltimore Ravens defense, mm. uh, you can't overstate that. It, it Really, it is the one of the most important positions is to have those interior defensive linemen stout and chewing up those offensive linemen and allowing athletic linebackers like we have, allowing them free reign to run.
2: You look at the... Current roster right now, Paul Suarez, as as defensive linemen, and guys who can play inside. Have we seen JJ Watt line up inside? Yeah, but a Richard Lawrence, a Fotu, draft picks that are coming towards the end of their initial contracts. Now all of a sudden, all right, is there going to be a second contract? Is it time for them to be the player that the Cardinals thought?
1: when they drafted them and no Corey Peters at least not yet so yes you're counting on those young guys to finally blossom and take basically a starters role on and I'll add two other reasons to maybe why a defensive tackle might be in the mix other than just trying to keep your inside linebackers clean number two uh, guess what the Cardinals allowed 150 yards rushing in five games Uh, last year and so their run defense was inconsistent you could use someone in that department and if you're trying to replace Chandler Jones guess what if you can get some interior pass rush and some penetration that's going to be you don't have to get all your pass rush from the edges you you know look at Aaron Donald obviously the best in the game look what Chris Jones is going to do for the Kansas City Chiefs in week one so if you can somehow some way find a veteran who can be key in that department and also throw this out there J.J. Watt Cardinals were seven zero with J.J. Watt. He is that rising tide that lifts the entire defensive front. Dare I say the entire sideline? He's just that guy. So if there's one wish I have for this season, it's that 99 stays healthy because you know he's going to be productive. And once again, he just sort of wears off on everyone else. His attitude, just it just it's something that is contagious on that
2: sideline. I look at that. Have 99, the Cardinals 99, be healthy for all 17 games. Drew, I'll give you credit. You lasted the entire show here. Best of luck the rest of this week. Your final week of freedom, by the way, before training camp
3: begins. Thank you. Yeah, training camp's different now for me. I'm good.
2: <laughs> Special thanks behind the scenes, Jim O'Mahundro and Zach Larson. We'll talk to you next week when camp begins here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.